Exacto. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tonight. We are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome, everybody. It is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, episode 328. I am one of your hosts, Troy, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jason. What's up, Troy? Nice to have just a little two-man action going on. We work the two-man game as good as anybody. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, I'm very happy to report that uh, uh, everyone here at the Rundown has passed their illness. Oh, wait, wait. I'm getting a report now. Jason is dead. Okay. All right. <laughs> Not Drink quite yet. It, it, it did feel like that was that was going to be the end result this week, but no, I'm I'm still here and kicking, and uh, just the two of us this week. No sausage party like last week, but uh, we certainly hope you enjoyed last year's 2017 runnies, and uh, I think we had a good time to get do recording it. So. Yeah, I I for one definitely had a lot had a lot of fun. Um, kind of nice to take the back seat until I took the show over at the end. Apologize for that again. I was mildly drunk, <laughs> no but uh, just I'm just used to it at this point now. <laughs> if, if if Adam ever actually did come back, I don't know what I would do. Well, I think I would just like step all over his toes. Well, we haven't uh, we haven't heard from Adam since he he dip, dipped out on the show last week. So hopefully he's he's doing okay and he's sort of gotten over that joke because apparently uh, rubbed him the wrong way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and we always want to rub people the right way, which is exactly what I like to do, or like I call a third, or a, a average Thursday night, the perfect ten. The perfect ten. A ten. A ten. A fucking ten. See, that was a joke about me jerking ten guys off in a circle. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we're gonna start things off here um, with something that I don't think either of us really have that much of an opinion on, but somebody has an opinion on it. Our good friend Sal, and I can assure you, reading through this transcript, I have no fucking clue what he's talking about. So, uh, Sal has... Well, let me see here. Does he introduce it himself? Yeah, okay. We'll just let Sal speak for himself here. What's up, one down? It's been a little bit since I left the voicemail, and this week, I thought it would be a perfect opportunity since I'm working late at my own job. Now this week I wanted to quickly talk about Enzo Amore and this whole Nia Jax situation. I'm going to tie it all in. Uh, Enzo had what I thought was a decent match, especially for Enzo with Cedric Alexander. However, two things happened during that match. One, Enzo got caught with, I think it was a kick, and was busted the fuck open. Holy shit. I don't think Cedric would have done that on purpose. But then if you, uh, if you believe that, um, Corey Graves show with 
Enzo after Raw was a shoot, and Enzo really is an asshole in real life, then maybe Cedric did stiff him a little bit. Uh, but then Enzo took a flying plancha from Cedric over the top rope to the outside, and he landed awkwardly as fuck. Now, he's sitting there screaming, no, 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 not now. And I have no fucking idea if Enzo's really hurt. Uh, I'll tell you this. If he wasn't hurt, he did a damn good job of selling that he was. Because he really looked like he fucked up his leg. Later, later, a uh, couple segments later, Nia goes back there. She's all concerned. He says he'll be all right. Nia's got other things to worry about. She's facing Oscar next week. And this, to me, and maybe it's because of the timeline I'm in at WrestleMania Salvation, reeks of Ludwig Borger and Tatanka. If Nia Jax ends Oscar Street next week for no fucking reason, I'll be kind of upset. Hopefully they don't do that and they keep Oscar Street going and then actually develop a story for why she loses when she does. Other than that, I'll talk to you guys later. I mean, I'm confused. Is Asuka Ludwig Borga or is Asuka Tatanka? Well, considering that Ludwig Borga was a vaudevillian actor, uh, I'm not sure that either one of them really remains all quiet and does slapstick, but um, that was far more than either of us cared to talk about Enzo Amore. Uh the, the best part that came out of this segment was Liv Morgan. Uh, <laughs> taking it to him on Twitter. Um, of course, uh, starts off with you know Alexa Bliss trying to to insult Liv Morgan, saying that Liv took the her look from Alexa, and then Nia Jax of course backed up her buddy, and Liv Morgan says that uh, Nia was the one trying to pick up Liv Morgan's scraps. Of course, referring to the real life relationship between Liv Morgan and Enzo Amore. So keep it kayfabe there. Great, great little interaction between the two two ladies, but yeah. Um, and, and by the way, Alexa, you spent three fucking months of pay per views imitating Harley fucking Quinn, so you really shouldn't be bitching about anyone having a similar look to you. I'm just saying. Right, right. I do have to say that uh, uh, Nia Jax having the the pink hair. I mean, they don't, they just don't care about using this chick anymore for anything mm. because that that just that just kills it for me, man. Yeah, I did. They've been killing it for a while. Although he did make uh, in reference to something I did, I found interesting this week. The uh, Corey Graves interview with Enzo More. Uh, Enzo came across like a fucking giant cock. Now, I tend to think this is all kayfabe because it's on the network, so I assume everything on the network is kayfabe. But if this really is like the regular Enzo then I fully understand kicking his ass off the bus. I fully understand kicking him out of the locker room. And I fully understand nobody fucking liking the guy because he came off as the most unlikable piece of shit I've ever seen in a wrestling arena. And I've seen some pieces of shit in wrestling um, in this interview. And, I'm again, I'm almost positive that was the design. So if it was the design, he executed it good on him. But, man, just like, whew. Some brutal shit, like the shit with him and Cast, just like awful stuff, man. Yeah, and to me, I feel like this is kayfabe because I I do remember the interview that uh, uh, Cass and and him had on. I think it was 
Jericho, I want to say. Stone Cold? Stone Cold, that's right. It was on Stone Cold. And he did not come off that way at all. He came off very very genuine. But Uh, that was still during their NXT days when he was still sort of humble and not, you know, his head hadn't blown up yet. And that's sort of what you hear is that he really sort of got a real ego when he got some fame on the main roster. Yeah, I would be interested to hear uh, him on a non-WWE Mm-hmm. Um, produced show just to see, you know, maybe on one of the podcasts of that because obviously he's not going. He would not be able to keep that same attitude on a Stone Cold podcast or, or Jericho's podcast mm-hmm. because they would tear him to shreds. Well, uh, just so you, just so if Enzo's out there listening, you got an open invitation or run down, sit down anytime you want, sir. That's right, baby. We like to keep it raw. All right, that's so, a, that's <laughs> another show on Questionable Endeavor Network. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, speaking of NXT, though, we uh, we learned. <clears throat> well, whoa, the... hold, on, hold on, I know where you're going. We haven't All learned right. this yet, so this is a bit of a spoiler for what's uh, coming up in the next few weeks of television. So if you do not want to be spoiled, you might want to skip ahead a couple minutes in the podcast and just. Uh, otherwise, we are going to spoil something, so don't complain later. All right. Where where you're now past the point of no return, so we found out that Shayna Baszler is going to challenge for the NXT Women's Championship at NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. Uh, I, for one, am, am very interested in this match, but I kind of fear that Ember Moon is going to be a very short-lived champion because uh, Shayna Baszler has done a, a fantastic job of getting herself over, coming out with just the physicality that uh, I think that the women's division is sort of lacking with Asuka gone. Um, and she kind of is a new beast, so I'm gonna, I'm very interested to see you know how this match goes obviously there are ways that you can get out of this you know without having her take a straight loss mm-hmm. uh but yeah what are, what are your thoughts on on Basler versus moon <sighs> well shana Basler is obviously a, a tremendous and if you saw she did a um facebook live or twitter live stream thing at the performance center last week where she was offering to help a couple other girls work on submissions and then just choked the shit out of some lady so she's she's working the social media aspect of, of the wrestling business really well, too. Um, but she's tremendous. I think she's got a very, very bright future now. Here's my thoughts on this particular match. I don't know that Shayna Baszler is long for NXT. Uh, I have a feeling she's going to end up on the main roster sort of fast-tracked, especially if the rumors of Ronda Rousey's impending uh, debut on the main roster are, in fact, true. Uh, I think she's going to be up there with Shayna as a running buddy. This may be their way to get Shayna in a top NXT program while she's there during a brief stay. Uh, and if that's the case, obviously you're not going to put the title on her, but you could have her refuse to break a choke. There's a lot of ways you could get around that. Very true. Very, very true. And <clears throat> I would say as well, you know, it, it seems as if we're not, yeah. It's going to get the full on for horsewomen of, of UFC, but uh, having you know Basler and Rousey, Rousey come in as a tag team, you know can can do wonders for for whichever roster they would actually land on. So, um, you know if, if she never holds a championship, well that never held back Alexa Bliss. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know it, easily, yeah, I can see that as well, and it's just a way to, to kind of you know get her name out there, get get the fans familiar with her before introducing her to the main roster. And obviously she always she already comes prepackaged with some crossover fans yep. from her time in UFC too. So um, and that be, that helps as well. 
And I'd be pretty surprised if she doesn't end up in the Women's Royal Rumble somehow. Well, um, I I don't know. Uh, I don't want to step on any news things. Do you have news on on an opening in the Royal the Women's Royal Rumble? No, nope, we're just doing the perfect ten, baby. Okay, baby. Uh, yeah. So apparently there is an opening in the perfect ten because Paige is not going to be uh, cleared in time for it, which is a, a huge fucking bummer because she was one of the front runners in my mind to win it. Mm. Um, so obviously they're going to need to have another. Another person there. I, I did read two rumored names. One almost yep. uh, confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, Molly Holly. You know, Molly Holly and p- potentially Michelle McCool yeah. making appearances. So we do know that obviously, you know, even using the entirety of the women's roster, there are 18 women mm-hmm. down down from 19 with Paige out for a 30 women uh, 30 women's Royal Rumble. So 12 extra spots now, are open there. So Alicia Fox has yet to actually officially enter the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Fuck off. No, really, she hasn't. She's not on the graphic yet. That is true. That is very true. She has not officially done it, but obviously uh, it would be very strange to see any of the active WWE women who are cleared to wrestle not be in this match. And if they weren't, that's a pretty big slap in the face. And I still think you're going to get Beth Phoenix. Um, I would still not be shocked to see Lita. Um, yeah. So there, there are definitely some names from the past. I, I could, you could make a case where I would believe Trish, Trish would be in there. Um, Isn't know. she currently pregnant or, or just done being pregnant? I, I think she's done being pregnant now. Uh, Vic, okay. Victoria is probably a lock, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've also, you know, we've got a couple of names of, of NXT women of right. either potential call-ups or at least, you know, just kind of special guys, guys coming in there. And obviously, we also have Serena Deeb and. If they wanted to go that that route, Sarah Amada, uh, she's another person that they could easily throw in there. Um, Sarah Stock, the former Sarita, is currently on yep. their employee as well. Her as well, yeah, yeah. They definitely have have some some trainers down in NXT who could easily throw on some tights and mm. do a good five ten minutes in the match. So absolutely. But I, I imagine for something like this, they want people with real notoriety. That's why I think they're more likely to dip into the the legends pool. Uh, even then, Sarah Amato is talented as Sarah Amato is. She's not very known to their fan base. Right. Um, right. So I, yeah, I, you're you're probably looking at uh, maybe eight to ten legends, and probably four to or two to four NXT women. Well, an interesting uh, side note: the NXT tapings that took place this week did not feature in any way, shape, or form any appearances by the iconic girls, uh, right. which has fueled some speculation they're going to be called up. Uh, very soon. So yeah, and and we we know it's only a matter of time with those two because clearly they're not going to put the belts on them. Mm-hmm. And usually, when once you start to realize that that's not going to happen in NXT, that's usually when they get called up. And it's let's see what we got with these these two. You know, let's so see who, what we got with this person. Who's the awkward people they could group them with, like the Riot Squad? Just people that make no fucking sense as you know partners. Well, the well, the sad thing is their their built-in partner got fired. So exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would think that uh, I don't know. Maybe they're Nia Jax's bodyguards. How big of a fucking <laughs> kick in the ass would it be if they called them and they're like, ah, so we got this Royal Rumble thing, and <laughs> let's let's not forget Emma has once before been fired by WWE. It's true. So and I... and and they were able to bring her back very quickly after that. So. So we sort of segue this into talking about the Women's Royal Rumble, which is fine. Uh, I have a name I'd like to see from sort of a surprise standpoint be entered into this thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, sort of a dark horse. I haven't heard this name mentioned, but 
Maurice? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you're you're big on that train, but uh, she you, can she can take a bump. You, she can take a bump. <laughs> you're riding solo on that train. Um, right. No, what about Velvet Sky? Um. Yeah, I mean, I could see that as a way to introduce someone, give her a, a big kind of run, maybe eliminate three or four different ladies just to to get her over, and and I, I could see that. I could see. You know, somebody like Brooke, Brooke Tessmacher, um, if they wanted to go that route. Um, I think the Shtet, I believe she left under bad terms. I don't think there's a great relationship okay. there. Um, but with Velvet, she's got name recognition. She's over with fans already. I mean, she would yep. be a, a very nice surprise. She never worked for them before. So I, I'm not yeah. saying she's signing a deal or anything, but I could see it. I, I think it would be cool as a one-off. Yeah. I could also see uh, Amber Gallows. You know the bullet babe. Yeah. Obviously, there's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's 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 plenty of them. Um, but again, we got we got we're potentially naming surprises. I think we want to focus on the idea that again, they want this big, they want this grandiose. I I think they want names. I think they want recognition. I think they want instant um, knowledge of who the person is. Right. Yeah. Um, Speaking of somebody who's probably going to be forgotten soon, um, what about Bailey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, reports did come out this week uh, that apparently higher ups in the WWE have pretty much given up on Bailey being a star within the women's division on the main roster. Um, this is not really shocking if you've seen the way they've used her pretty much since she came up to the main roster. Uh, but it is further confirmation of sort of the, the way we've speculated on her being booked lately. Uh, it's really sort of sad. That, I think the quote I read that was most striking was they had a, a six-person tag with Absolution, and they brought Mickey James back to put over young talent, and instead Bailey took the pinfall in the match. So <laughs> that tells you all you yeah. need to know. Um, and, and I will go... Uh, to the day Bailey is released, I will beat the drum that this is one of the WWE creative's biggest failures in terms of not being able to capitalize on just a blank check that was handed to them. Very much so. Um, the following that she had coming up from NXT, uh, the reaction she was getting, uh, they just botched it. Just totally fucking botched it. Go back to that any... night that she made her debut in that tag match where she was the mystery partner for Sasha. Yep. Listen to that reaction. Listen to the We Want Bailey chants. And this is not the first time. Go back and listen yep. to the We Want Sasha chants that they ignored for months until yeah. people stopped caring. Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, thankfully, Sasha was able to use her uh, talent and abilities to, you know, pull out of that tailspin. Bailey has just struggled mightily on the microphone. Um, not 100% her fault. Mm. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm, I'm bashing her. You know, her in-ring, in-ring work has been, has been top-notch, as she's always been. But <clears throat> the gimmick, I don't know if it's just that Vince never figured it out, never got it. And it, when he doesn't get it, he doesn't put effort into it. And that's so, cool. yeah. That's the problem with this and, company right now. Everything that happens in this company is based on one guy's opinion and take on things. Yep. And it's a 70-year-old man. Yeah. So if he yeah. doesn't get something, if he doesn't understand something, if it's new, it's fresh, it's different, it's designed to appeal to young girls, he doesn't get it, doesn't fucking do anything with it. 
her best chance right now is Hunter to take over ASAP. Or, you know, potentially if if they do decide to, you know, turn her heel, if she's able to turn something out of that. Because remember, you know, everyone kind of figured that Neville was, you know, dead and gone, that it wasn't working, that he was going to be released. And him turning heel and, and leading the Cruiserweight division was a queer renaissance for him until he realized that he didn't want to be in the Cruiserweight division. But if he follows the same path that Austin Aries does, he'll be, you know, TNA world champion. Oops, spoilers. Uh... <laughs> Going on from there, speaking of championships, <laughs> uh, the Usos have a match set up against the two worst people on the mic in the company, Gable and Benjamin. And oh, see, we're gonna do, I thought they were tremendous on the mic this week. I don't like... Uh, I, I thought know. this was the best mic work they've done in the WWE, both of them, and that includes Shelton. Gable, um, Gable's gimmick annoys me. Shoosh! His whole... No, no, it's not that. It's the, why are they in the match? Why are they in the match? But why was he in the match? That, like, repeating shit over and over again just irks me. And he did it again in this promo. But he, where it he's was, not the only one. That's what people do. Yeah, it just it doesn't work for me. Uh, you know, Benjamin was a little bit better than Gable, but, yeah. And then, of course, Daniel Bryan coming out and saying that... Uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, saved this for me a little bit because of just his reaction to things, and and his whole, that's why I like you, Chad, and slapping Chad Gable in the chest like that mm-hmm. um, was great. But yeah, so we have it set up now as a two out of three falls match for the the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, I, for one, I'm, I'm all for this match. Mm-hmm. SmackDown actually featured two different tag matches, which oh, is saying oh, something oh, for SmackDown. Oh, three. Wait, three. Three. Yes, you're three. right. Three tag matches, because I forgot about the main event. Yeah, so tag team wrestling for somebody you know like Vince McMahon who hates it, was surprisingly on display here in SmackDown. So yeah. nice to see that see everyone get yeah. uh, you know kind of a shine from it. Yeah, you had this promo. You had the Rusev Day versus the Fashion Police, which surprisingly Fashion Police get the win, a la Titus Worldwide from Raw for no apparent reason over a team that's actually over. Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> and then you had the Bludgeon Brothers destroying the Ascension. So yeah, tag team wrestling was on display on on SmackDown this week. I am very, very excited about this match at the Royal Rumble. I think this has um, stealing the show potential, the quality. Uh, the Usos in two out of three fall matches have always been great. Uh, again, I go all the time. I, on this show, I go all the time back to it because it's one of the best tag team matches I've seen. Usos, Harper, and Rowan years ago. Um, two out of three falls was one of the best tag team matches I've seen in a very, very, very long time. Um, and I believe they had two out of three falls with the... New Day, if I'm not mistaken, that was really good, too. So this is sort of a format they're very good at, and uh, these two teams can work their ass off, and they're going to do some crazy shit, and it's going to be an amazing match to watch. Fair enough. Yeah, I I agree as well, and I'm I'm interested to see where uh, where we go on this. Um, I think it's a good way to segue uh, from Daniel Bryan being in this to your theory on the Daniel Bryan storyline. Okay, so... I, for those of you who caught the beginning of the show last week, uh, I, I mentioned a story that had circulated. Daniel Bryan had sort of talked about if he hadn't wrestled by WrestleMania, he kind of figured his in-ring career in WWE was over, and then shortly after that, his WWE career would be over. Um, then I started juxtaposing that notion with what they're doing with him now. And everybody sits there and goes, oh, it's Shane. It, they're doing a Shane thing with him, and they're battling for control and blah, blah, blah. This week, for the first time, it occurred to me, what if 
What if the storyline is a slow turn for Daniel and the premise behind it is, you know, WWE won't let him do what he wants. They're sort of ruining his career. So he's going to slowly ruin their brand by making just bad decisions that are not in the best interests of the promotion. Because that sort of seems like what they're doing. You know, he's trying to get the title off of AJ. He's trying to help, you know, he's, he's given opportunities against Shane's wishes to Gable and, and Benjamin. And we're just slowly sort of starting to see him. But he's not really siding with the heels. He's just giving them the matches and giving them the opportunities. And I think it would be a brilliant piece of storytelling and booking if he's using his position now to either leverage them into letting him wrestle on TV or to getting revenge on them for not letting him wrestle. And if that's a storyline, that is a fucking brilliant storyline. It would be great. Um you know, you can also, you know, it it would be a nice turn too for him to just to be like, I, I look, Shane, I took, I took your your baby, and I fucked it up. Yep. Look what I did to it. Look, your your you your you know your champion is is Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, and look, your your U.S. champion is is Jinder Mahal. Nobody likes that asshole. Yeah, it would be nice, and you can instantly turn it into you know him him versus Shane. Uh, which I still think is is the proper way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, for a, if they don't want to do it on Mania, even though I think it'd be a great Mania match, and I think that a lot of people would would definitely tune in for that, um, to have something down the line there between the two. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm again more and more everything that happens. I just think this is where we're heading. There you go. All right, segue away. All right. Well. Uh... Which one are we segueing to? I'm missing. Whichever one you want. I was giving oh, okay. you the option. <laughs> All right. Well, you said that like there was a natural segue. So let's go with the one no, that no. apparently I'm going to be flying solo mostly on. Um, since we last recorded, uh, the wrestling world witnessed one of the more anticipated events in recent memory as Wrestle Kingdom 12 took place in New Japan. Um, I did, you didn't get a chance to check it out, right, Troy? No, nope, I'm going to go take a shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> an interesting way to take a shit um well i'm not gonna stop drinking most people would use a toilet that seems to give you a very small target to operate with sir um i have a i have a very tight asshole okay (laughs) (laughs) too many jokes to make i'm not gonna make them um so of course the the sort of the match that everyone was looking forward to going in chris jericho versus kenny omega i know that guy if you haven't seen this match go check it out because it had a lot of hype going in, and to me, it over-exceeded expectations. These guys worked their asses off. There were tremendous spots. They told a story. Everything worked. Um, I just was enthralled from start to finish, and I haven't been that into a Chris Jericho match in a decade. Um, I don't know if that speaks to WWE sort of holding him back or him saying, hey, I've only got a handful of these left. I'm, I'm cutting all the – I'm not playing it safe here. Uh, but whatever it is, he brought it at the Tokyo Dome, and Chris Jericho was amazing in that match, as was Omega, as expected. Um, of course, Omega gets the win, uh, and, and one of the cooler things was in the post, because New Japan does press conferences post-show, uh, Kenny Omega made reference to the fact that he went into this thinking he knew what Chris Jericho was and what that kind of wrestling was, sort of 
talking about the WWE, and, and he said something to the extent of, I severely underestimated Chris Jericho, and I severely underestimated that company if that's what they're they're bringing to the table. So uh, it's kind of a cool thing, I thought. Uh, Okada kept his NW, I'm sorry, his IWGP Heavyweight Championship, uh, defeating Naito, who then later at the next event got attacked by Chris Jericho, so that appears that uh, Jericho's hanging around there. Um, first time in a long, I've, I can remember seeing fans really sort of get on New Japan for their booking was at this event. I think there were a lot of people who were surprised Okada kept the title. They don't really know that there's anything compelling to do with Okada with the belt at this point. Uh, I think a lot of people thought it was going to go on Omega last year. It didn't. Um, he carried it for the entire year. They set it up for Naito. Everybody thought, okay, well, Naito, no, Naito didn't get him. So now we're just sort of sitting there, and it's just very curious to see where they're going to go with it, and I'm not sure. Um, Cody and Kota Bushi was a great one as well. Haven't had a chance to check out the four-way cruiserweight, uh, I'm sorry, junior heavyweight championship match, uh, but I've heard from all accounts that it was tremendous, one of the best matches on the show. I think it airs this week. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So all in all, it sounds like it was an amazing show, and if you haven't checked it out, you should definitely do that if you're a wrestling fan. Oh, are we done? Okay. All right. Uh, speaking speaking of the superior nation, the United States Championship semifinals are locked in. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, see, this is this is two and a half beers deep. That's what you get. Almost three. The United States Championship semifinals are locked in as Mojo Jojo was able to defeat Zack Ryder, and he will take on Bobby Roode, and we also have Jinder Mahal versus Xavier Woods. So what do you think of the matchups for the semifinals? I, look, I think we've known since the beginning we're heading towards Roode and Jinder in the finals. Um, I think we all have sort of assumed, and I think we all said it on the show, that Jinder is the easy favorite to win this thing. However, okay, now allow me to play devil's advocate here. Because if I recall correctly, the person who gave up that belt was um, Dolph Ziggler. Conventional storytelling tells you when this is over, Dolph Ziggler's coming back to try to get the title back, even though he just vacated it. But, you know, logic doesn't make matter in WWE anyway. Right, right. It doesn't make any sense for him to come back and try to get it from gender. He already has an existing rivalry with Bobby Roode. I'm starting to switch notions that maybe Bobby Roode is getting this title. Sadly, I have to agree with you on that. Um, I think that this is a way to put Bobby over because you get Bobby getting a victory over a former world champion to become United States champion. And, yes, you do set up the feud between him and uh, Ziggler when he decides to come back either at uh, Royal Rumble or, you know, the SmackDown after that. So... Uh, sadly, yeah, I'm I'm with you now. That that seems to make a lot more sense. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of other places reporting that that is the plan as well. So, but we'll yeah, obviously you know plans change. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, I I'm I'm all for it. You know, I would I wouldn't mind throwing a wild card in there and making Xavier Woods U.S. champion, but that's just me. I would love that because I'd, I'd love to see them freebird the U.S. title. I don't think we've ever seen them <laughs> done with a singles title before, and I think that would be tremendous. Right, and he's the only one who doesn't have sing- have singles gold. So it's right. very true. Or you know, singles red, white, and blue. 
And oh, B- right. Biggie is now teaming with Carmella, so you know. That's right. Yeah, so they are they all kind of all doing their separate thing. And we know how um, Xavier likes white women, so that is very true as well. Um I for one am um curious as to why WWE does not have a six man tag championship belt. Because apparently that's the thing right now is three man ta- man teams. Let's see that that was a seamless transition from the new day. <laughs> Into the Balor Club being a real thing. Yes. Um, you know, Balor Club was taking on uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and, obviously, Kurt Angle's, you know, My Black Son. And the match itself was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, we had we had some showcase in there. But to have uh, Jason Jordan essentially cost the S.H.I.E.L.D. the, the, the match uh, kind of bummed me out because... They're trying to put Balor Club over, and the only way they could win was by Jason Jordan essentially being a fourth member of their team. Uh, they, I mean, they beat the tag team champions in the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, let's let's temper things a little bit. For whatever the reason, they still hold a victory over three, two of the three champions on Raw. So I'm okay with that. Uh, I think the most compelling things to come out of this particular uh, installment of Raw as it relates to the Balor Club and, and their opponents was that Finn seemed to be cutting his promo in a very heel style. So I'm starting to think that that may be the direction the Balor Club is going to go. Uh, and I'm particularly, I'm perfectly okay with that. I think that's perfectly fine. I think they'll, they'll do a great job with that. Um, and I'm really enjoying Jason Jordan considering himself a member of the Shield. Yeah. I think the, the facial expressions, the entire conversations you can see occurring between Roman and Seth, while they're saying nothing, is just great and entertaining to watch. Um, I was really sitting there. I'm like, oh, please, please have Jason try to fist him. Please have him try to fist him, right? And then, and they didn't do it yet, but it's coming. I guarantee you, there will be. Oh, a, you know it is. There will be an attempt at fisting, and when that happens, I, I, I think it's going to be tremendous. Yeah, I uh, I was talking with that. Also, you know, the Battle Club won by cheating. You know, they mm-hmm. they you know. Took Roman Reigns out, and then they proceeded to, you know, Jason. They they used Jason Jordan interference to, you know, hit the magic killer, and essentially set up the win. Uh, the only thing that I dislike is the fact that Finn is still wearing just plain black trunks. I think that he needs to throw a Bullet Club logo on there, or the the club logo, I should say. Well, you got to keep uh, in mind they also got rid of it. The, they had Balor Club trademarked for a long time, and then they decided yeah. to let the trademark lapse. So they may have to reapply for that. Yeah, but they do still have that logo, and we see it on on both the Good Brothers pants. So it would be nice to see Balor decide to, you know, actually dress the part. But yeah, it's you know, a slow burn. I mean, it just they just came yeah. together last week, so sure, it but takes I, a little bit for those for those seamstresses to get things going. But I particularly loved the pro opening promo when when Jason Jordan said they're the best three man group that WWE has ever seen, and then you had the Balor Club come out because that indicates mm-hmm. to me they really are making a push with these guys. So. Right, yeah, and I'm for it too because you know, um, it it gets all three guys over, and it's a, it, they're actually using the club now. So, um, obviously this this match did end with the Miztourage coming out and and attacking you know Roman Reigns and even doing a triple power bomb to him, which was great. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really you know they could easily turn this into a you know three on three on three match if they wanted to. Because now you've got that that aspect of it with the Miztourage back. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so. 
that was one of the things that we didn't have room to squeeze on the perfect ten. So since you've stuck it here a little bit, then let's just huh. comment. How fucking great was it to have Miz back? You re- you really forget how much he brings to the show on the microphone until he comes back. He was great again on Monday night. Yeah, well, and I like the fact too that you know during the match they was you could you could tell they were still keeping Roman very strong with mm-hmm. him just laying out every fucking member of of the club, but for him to get completely jabbed out to the Miztourage when they came there was phenomenal yeah. because it this is a this is a, a trio that has been a little bit kind of un, underutilized mm-hmm. you know they, they've had too many times already that they've you know kind of get fucked over this was showing them at their best where they beat the fuck out of Roman Reigns and the, the and the rest of the shieldish and yeah ending it like they did with the triple power bomb was such a such a good slap in the face for the shield too yeah absolutely and, and just lines from the miz like oh you didn't win the title i just let you hold it because it's prestigious and it deserves to be defended on raw yeah just shit like that was great i just i i'm yeah. a huge huge fan of uh anytime the miz has a microphone yeah uh we're gonna go from something that was really good to something that in my opinion was god fucking awful it could be either uh, one of these remaining two topics so. <laughs> that's true but i am going with the in-ring debut of Broken Matt Hardy. Or, you know, the guy who comes out to the Hardy Boys logos behind him. Now, uh, to be fair, on Twitter, he, he made mention that the obsolete mule who put the wrong logo up has been deleted, and that will not happen again. So he played into it. Clearly this was a mistake, because yes. we've, we've already got a, a little Woken thing that comes up before, you mm-hmm. know, to break it or like that. Yeah, for for them to still have the Hardy Boy stuff behind them was was really bad. I I was digging the theme music. Yeah, I thought that was a really good touch. Uh, you know, Broken Matt doesn't really do all that much different in the ring than regular Matt Hardy, um, other than a little bit of mannerisms between his moves. But obviously, he's still using the side effect and still using the twist of fate and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody thought for an instant that Broken Matt Hardy was going to lose to Kurt Hawkins. No. Um, but you know, that was a good first match. And then they decided, let's just keep doing this because this is what the feud is. And they had Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, appear in the ring. And the segment ended with the two of them laughing in each other's faces. And that was apparently enough to get this feud over. And that's my fucking problem, just the laughing aspect of it. I had no problem with anything else that happened. Although one thing I would say, for those of you who did see this uh, gimmick to, as it occurred in Impact... Um, as he, when Bray teleported into the ring and Matt was staring into the hard cam, I was so waiting for Bray Wyatt. I knew you'd come, and we got nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's 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 exactly what we worried about. This is a muted version of Broken Matt Hardy. Yeah. And all they're doing is having these two guys laugh, and it works for Bray Wyatt because he has an actual laugh. But Matt Hardy's laugh is not. Uh... A and his his facial expressions when he's trying to continue on, it's just too much, man. It's I it it just takes me completely out of it. Because like I said, Bray Wyatt is laughing. He's laughing maniacally. I can he, he's he's like your old eighties fucking you know uh, villain who's just sitting there going, "I've got you. I want you." Whoa. Yeah, but you that's know? bullshit though. Why would you teleport in behind somebody who's <laughs> turned around just to laugh at them? If you teleport right. behind somebody, you got bad intentions on your mind. Exactly. Yeah, there there was that aspect of it too, but 
Um, just just from what we we were given, it's it's not enough. And apparently, this is what WWE thinks is enough. They just want to see these two guys make fucking you know dumb fucking asses of each other going back and forth. Next week, I'm hoping for a snow angel contest. Oh, that would be fantastic. At least it would be something other sure. than just. Other than just, yeah. But surprisingly, this was not the most nonsensical thing that happened on Raw. Because <laughs> so we had your typical, <laughs> we had your typical uh, Paul Heyman promo, just blathering on like he always does. I know everyone loves the guy. Everyone fucking sucks his dick. I don't like him. The, his chick is so old at this point. Uh, but then we had uh, the mayor of Knox County, Kane, come out and attack <laughs> attack uh, Brock Lesnar. They fight to the back. Braun Strowman appears out of nowhere. They fight each other. Strowman knocks them both down. Then he starts going through luggage crates. And he finds a fucking grappling hook. Because <laughs> he's Batman. Because he's because apparently this is like a a Nintendo NES game. I'm Broadman, <laughs> and, he, and he's looting crates and found a fucking grappling hook, and you're like, okay. Braun Strowman just found a grappling hook. Don't know what that's doing backstage, but sure, we'll go with it. He Alfred to, left it. <laughs> he proceeds to chuck it over the side of a gigantic structure and pull that structure down. I, I'm not even going to say on top of two guys, because it clearly did not touch either of these two guys. But he pulled in a giant structure down and fake destroyed Paul, or Paul, not Paul, Brock Lesnar and Kane. And so... <laughs> it, was, it was cheesy, it was campy, it was hokey, but visually it was impressive. Visually yeah. it was different. I'm okay with that. When they mix it up, when they do something different visually, I'm always going to be okay with it. They tried to do that here. Um, was it again? It was corny, but that's sort yeah. of what's gotten Braun over. The superhuman. We know he's not really lifting up trash trucks and shit, but mm-hmm. you know when you make it look like that, it gets a it gets a pop. It, it's compelling for people. It helps them suspend disbelief and believe that the characters they're watching are superhuman. And that, yeah. at its core, is what's made wrestling work for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. So my favorite part of this, though, hands down, was like 14 guys run over, grab Brock Lesnar and throw him on a stretcher. And like one guy looks over at Kane, he's just like, oh, fuck that guy. And they all just take Brock Lesnar away and Kane is just left to crawl out from under the wreckage. And wander away. It was just like nobody, nobody's gonna help Kane. Nobody's gonna. No, we're just gonna. All right, fine. He just, I, I guess you're fine. By the way, can I call dibs on the on the porno Candy Kane, Mayor of Cox County? Oh, there you go. Oh, trademark that verbal trademark. Verbal yeah. trademark. Um, no, I, I thought this was fun. I don't know if you caught this. The, the part I found interesting was as they're wheeling Lesnar out, Heyman's running along the side saying, "I swear I didn't see him." which I thought was really weird. Like, he repeated it a couple times. It was they clearly wanted that particular line to be there. Yep. Um, that, I, I'm sort of wondering now if Heyman's pulling a turn. You know, at this point, considering that the Brock Lesnar-Paul Heyman thing has gotten a little stale, I could totally see them turning around and, and having Paul Heyman turn on, on Lesnar 
and be Braun Strowman's new, yeah. you know, mouthpiece. Not that Braun needs one because he's fine on the mic for what they use him for, right? And what they use him for is great. Um, but yeah, if you've got Paul Heyman, you know, teaming up with Braun Strowman, um, I'd be interested to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, just as long as he's not turning just to go to Kane, but right. uh, you know, that's that's what we would say. <laughs> So I just uh, I just found that line and its placement and the repeating of it to be interesting. I mean that tells me that they want it there, that there's a reason for it. Yeah, uh, Paul doesn't do things just randomly off the cuff. He, everything yeah. he does is very calculated, very you know. So rather rather this is just him you know trying to put over Braun as being like he can get you out of out of nowhere, or if it is him kind of building towards towards something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I'm interested to see what happens with it as long as they you know they do something with it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Now before we get to that's going to wrap up the perfect time, but before we get to our normal indie dates around the country, uh, Troy, you wanted to talk a little bit about the mixed match challenge coming up. I just wanted to kind of preview it because the the first episode of it is actually going to take place before we record next week. Um, so we probably will talk about our thoughts on the first episode, but. Uh, for those who are who aren't in the know, the WWE Mixed Match Challenge is twelve episodes, twenty minutes each, taking the taking the time slot normally inhabited by two hundred five live, pushing it back half an hour. Starting next week, January sixteenth, on Facebook Watch, which used to be Facebook Live, um, as a way to kind of you know to to see if WWE can be put through these different channels and probably to try to get a little extra money from USA Network. Uh, but essentially, it is a tournament where a one man and one woman from from you know Raw and SmackDown will face off each other, and the winner will get a hundred thousand dollars for the charity of their choice, which is a weird thing to do for a a kayfabe wrestling tournament. But <laughs> sure, whatever. The, uh, but I wanted to go they're, through. They're the, all wrestling for Connor's cure. That's pretty much. You know, you know, it's either that or Susan G. Komen. So, <laughs> uh, or the the only person that I could actually see with uh, their own thing would be Sami Zayn. But the Dana Warrior Foundation. Oh, there's that too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, I wanted to go through the different different matchups that we had because we do have a, a, a set field now, mm-hmm. and I wanted us both to kind of give who we think is going to be the final two, and who we think is going to be the winner. Okay. Uh, so the uh, the roster here we've got Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman. Charlotte Beauty Flair. and the Beast, if you will. Yep. Charlotte Flair and Robert Roode. Uh, uh, team. Cool. They're they're really working hard on some sort of a team name. I think the one that they were pushing was uh, the Robe Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sasha Banks and Phineas Miller. Uh, Lana and Russo, the married couple. Uh, Naomi and James Uso, the married couple. Nia Jax and Apollo Crews, the two black people in the tournament. Uh, I, uh, I believe that's team we <laughs> ran out of people with charisma. Yep. That's team we won an Enzo, but he got hurt. <laughs> Uh, Asuka and Mike the Miz Mizanin, mm-hmm. because his wife is knocked up. Uh, Alicia Fox and Goldust, because Goldust loves black people. Plus, everybody Bailey, everybody was clamoring for the return of Goldust, as we learned last yep, week. That's true. Uh, Bailey and Elias, because Samoa Joe uh, intentionally hurt himself, so he didn't have to team with Bailey. Who wants to hug with Elias, I think is the important yep. question. Yeah. Natalia and Shinsuke Nakamura, because fuck Nakamura. Uh, Rebecca Lynch and Samuel Zane, and the last person, last team that we found out about, Carmella and Large E. 
Uh, she is into big dudes, so... Yes, yes, we know that. And there is none bigger than the Big E. It's true. So, uh, Jason, who is your... Who do you believe will be your the final two teams in the final? Uh, well, it's clearly Alicia Fox and Goldust. Um, clearly. Yeah, no, obviously. Uh, it's hard to tell. I, I could certainly... There's a couple. I could make a case for Charlotte Flair and Bobby Roode, obviously. Uh, Sasha Banks and Finn Balor. Uh, Alexa and Braun. Um, so it's a three credible teams. I could see. <laughs> yeah, uh, and probably Becky and Sammy are the four teams I could definitely see having a shot at winning this. I think everybody else is fodder, really. Um, and of that group, I think I would probably say Flair and Rude would be my pick. Okay. All right. Yeah, obviously we do not have a tournament bracket, so th- this makes it a little bit difficult. But we once we do get a bracket, if we ever do... They usually don't give us that till the first round's over, if right, the U.S. Right. title so, tournament is any indication. Yeah. So, you know, uh, obviously we don't know any of the matchups at this point, but so that makes it a little bit difficult. But uh, for me, I would say you're looking at Asuka and Miz, and I would say uh, Flair and Rude. In the final, because I think that'd be kind of a fun fun matchup for Rude and, and Miz. Um, but I would say that Asuka and Miz would probably be my winners. Yeah, and Ty Dillinger couldn't even get a fucking sniff of this thing, I'm just saying. <laughs> there's a lot of people that couldn't get a sniff of this thing, but there's a couple other ones. If, if you really think about it, kayfabe-wise, why would Sami Zayn agree to be in this match? You know, considering what, what he's going through right now and his storyline... Um, thankfully that we don't have, you know, uh, we don't have a lot of the bigger name guys like, uh, you know, Seth or Roman in this. You have a guy competing for the World Heavyweight Championship on the Raw brand at the Royal Rumble in this thing. Yeah, that is true. Uh, <laughs> and the so guy that... competing for the WWE Heavyweight Championship at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it, you, it really makes you wonder, like, why are they doing this? What? What? You have, what you have both cage? women's championship champions yeah. in this thing. You have some Who... pretty big names in this thing, man. Yeah, you have both women's champions who, yes, they're not going to to be facing anybody at Royal Rumble, but like they're, you would think that that'd be on their mind. Like, uh, maybe we should focus on whoever's going to win this Royal Rumble thing because one of the two of us is going to be facing them. Yeah, which one is uh, Stephanie going to face? That's the question. That is the question. That is the question, and we'll see it's very soon. Uh, so, uh, moving on, I guess we're uh, we're going right into the indie dates then, huh? Yeah. All right, so I guess I'll start this off. Tickets on sale now for Bruce City Wrestling as they celebrate their 14th anniversary show, Rise to Honor 14, this Friday. At La Pica Lounge. <laughs> no, sadly, they don't have anything scheduled till uh, till February, and they don't have any anything yet. So, so this Friday at the Columbus Club of West Dallas, bell time is 7.30, doors open at 6.45. Tickets available on BruceCityWrestling1.com. Ringside is sold out. $17 advance presale or $20 general admission at the door. Meet and greet starts at 6 p.m. with Shane Douglas, WWE Hall of Famer Greg the Hammer Valentine, ROH World TV Champion Silas Young, and the Beer City Bruiser. Tickets for that are just $10. After that, you can join the stars of Bruce City Wrestling at the Slurp and Burp Fun Bar. Already signed for this show, the main event, a war game steel cage as the Heathens take on the Bruce City Saints. In the Extreme Rules fan brin- Fans Bring the Weapons match, the ECW legend franchise Shane Douglas will take on the BCW franchise Evil Dis. Any loser gets their head shaved, 
Marman Mario Crivelli will take on former rundown sit-down guest, fabled one Aesop Mitchell. Uh, I hope that you look good bald, Aesop. <laughs> In the notice qualification match, Evil Sierra will take on Frankie Thumper DeFalco. Rage Mitch Blake will take on Rough Crossing. We will also have the 2018 Bruce City Wrestling Hall of Honor inductees. Marsh Rocket will take Marche. on Derek... Whatever. He's got a dumb fucking name. Marche Rocket will no, take on Marche Derek Rocket. We'll take on Derek St. Holmes Esquire. And shooter Scott Marciana will take on Garrison Creed. Head on over to Bruce City Wrestling, the number one, dot com for more information and for tickets. So I'm just going to keep on going and talking here because the NWL National Wrestling League heads to Overland. Lapika Lounge. January 13, 2018 at the Abdullah Shrine Temple in Shawnee Mission, Kansas. Doors open at 6.30. Showtime is 7 p.m. Child ticket pricing is not available at ringside, so don't fucking ask. For the first time ever, Jeremy Wyatt defends his NWL title against the Mile High Magnum Dak Draper. Eddie Kingston will take on Lionel Holt. Howlett, sorry. Royal Blood Jet Royal takes on Niles Plunk. And a fatal four-way match will see Bolt Brady take on Thor Thoreau, Mike Outlaw, and Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez. A six-man take match will see the team of Matt Fitchett. Davey Vega and Jack Foster take on Maddox, no, not that guy, Ace Steel and Marco Howlett. Head on over to nwleague.com for tickets. And you can also get tickets to the St. Louis show January 19th as the NWL heads to the O'Fallon Elks Lodge in O'Fallon, Missouri. Doors at 6.30 p.m., showtime 7. Child ticket pricing is not available at ringside side. No exceptions. I mean it. They in do the not event. want kids front row. That's right. In the main event, the spirit of NWL, ch- NWL champion Gary J defends against Lionel Howlett. Maverick takes on Jack Foster in a no-DQ grudge match. The NWO champion, uh-oh, uh, Jeremy White, if he did, I guess if he is successful in his title defense, defense against Mike Outlaw. The mile-high magnum Dak Draper, unless he gets the NWO championship, will take on Christian Rose. Thomas Shire will face the Royal Blood Jet Royal. And Niles Plunk, Everett Connors, and Rashid Ali take on the besties in the world and Javi Torres in a six-man tag championship, or tag action. Get your tickets on nwleague.com. And finally, for January, the National Wrestling League, NWL, heads to Kansas City at the Turner Rec Center. Doors open at 6.30, showtime at 7. <laughs> for the love of God, child ticket pricing is not available at ringside. It actually says that on the read. I just got to that part. I had to make sure I threw my, I, I scripted my jokes because I knew I was going to be drunk by this point. Okay. Your main event is a six-pack challenge is Bolt Brady, Niles Plunk, and Lionel Howlett. Take on Mike Outlaw, Royal Blood Jet Royal, and Davey Vega. I'm not sure why the Howlets are not teaming together right now, but uh, both of them have been on the cards lately, so uh, the other one is not injured. Uh, Michael Strider takes on Matt Fritchett. Everett Connors will be live in concert. I guess he's doing a, a gimmick like that. Mm-hmm. Thor Terrio will face ACH, and nope, he will just face ACH. <laughs> Jack Foster will take on Maddox. No, not that guy. And Maverick will face Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez. And Marty Bale will face Hudson Envy. Obviously, head over to nwleague.com for more information. Again, don't bring your child to ringside. 
Jason? They do not want kids at ringside. A place that doesn't mind kids at ringside is Liberty States Wrestling, and they return to action on February 3rd at the John McCarthy Elementary School, 76 Lake Street in Peabody, Massachusetts. Already signed for this event, Anthony Green will take on Brett Domino. Nick Westgate will go up against Setherin. Nico Silva will defend his newly won No Limits Championship against the former champion, Todd Sopel, the unequaled one. And Christian Casanova will attempt to reclaim the Liberty States Heavyweight Championship from his former friend and new champion, Brick Mastone, after Brick stabbed him in the back last month and cashed in his Opportunity Knox contract to win the title. Also expected to appear the Dynamite Danny Miles, fabulous Johnny Vegas, and the new Opportunity Knox contract holder, the selfie-made man Vern Vicalo, former Rundown sit-down guest. Uh, doors open 6.30, bell time is at 7, and tickets are just $10 at the door. Always a good time at Liberty States Wrestling. Go check them out February 3rd in Peabody. Also a good time is LPW Homecoming. Saturday night, February 24th at the Elks Hall, 128 School Street in Clinton, Massachusetts. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. Live wrestling starts at 7.30. This place is usually packed, so get there early. Tickets for this event are just $15 or a four-pack for 50 Already signed the main event for the LPW Heavyweight Championship. The selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, defends against Kenny Dykstra, formerly of the Spirit Squad. Davy N will defend against Alicia Edwards, the LPW Women's Champion Adira will be defending against Tequila Rose. Executive Vice President Tony S. has reinstated the unequaled one Todd Sopel on behalf of the outcry of the fans of LPW after the action of President Jim Burgoyne. Jim Burgoyne signed Todd Sopel's first match back in LPW, and uh, he did so. Yeah, sorry, he has done so against the very popular Sweat Boy Christopher James with Danica, who is making her LPW debut. The LPW Tag Team Championship will be on the line when the new champions, the Heat, Christian Casanova and Ilya Markopoulos, defend their titles for the first time. And they, uh, Anthony Green and Scotty Slade will be their opponents, members of the Horsemen of LPW. The Horsemen defeated the Heat last October at Fall Frenzy before Casanova signed his Opportunity Knox contract against the Aristocrats. Green and Slade have claimed to be the uncrowned champions, but on February 24th, they will get their opportunity to capture that crown. Tickets are on sale at LuckyProWrestling.com slash LPW-Homecoming.html. Did Adam really put .html on here? (laughs) Apparently. Also appearing LPW Hard Knocks champion Brick Mastone, Tomahawk, and many more to be announced in the coming weeks. Check out LuckyProWrestling.com for more information. All right. That first one, by the way, was leftover from last week. So that does it for this, the rundown. Thursday, January 11, 2018. It has been 209 days since the closers, Big Bacon, Brad Hollister, and Sexy Jesus Hammer Tunis won the PVP Tag Team Championships. Of course, you can hear all about Big Bacon, Brad Hollister on the most recent episode of the Rundown Sit Down mm-hmm. with our host, Jason. Yeah, great conversation, Brad. Brad, very tre- uh, just a tremendous guest. Very polished, had answers for everything. Was really on point. Uh, a lot of insights, uh, and you get a real feel for the guy's upbringing and and maybe sort of how he got to where he is. So, uh, really enjoyed that conversation. And we even discuss uh, the recent event. Some of you may have seen circulating the internet involving one uh, just incredible showing up a little bit intoxicated at an event. 
Brad was actually in the ring while all this was going on, so he gives his perspective on that situation as well. Very much so. Very a great, great listen. A great listen for fans of of all over the world, the world here too, not just for our New England fans. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show at rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail like Sal did at 617-863-6967. That's 61-RUNDOWN-7. We are now on Patreon. Uh, John Benrick, uh, log into your account. Maybe update some information there. But you can be like Mike Smathers and, and John Benrick. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. Currently, there is one reward level, the Rundowner which are $5 a month, grants you one patron-only episode of The Rundown. That's pretty much it. One patron-only episode of The Rundown. <laughs> More are on the way, and we should point out <laughs> that the uh, the donations we get there go to covering the cost of the show. They don't go to our pocket, so uh, right. I feel if you can <clears throat> feel comfortable in knowing that you're just helping to support the show, and we appreciate it tremendously. Right, but they really go to my very light cocaine habit. Check out the Slash of Sanitarium if you're a fan of horror. I will be returning soon. I have uh, been dealing with a little bit of case of uh, exhaustion from work and from everything from life, so I w- I'm hoping to get back on track here very soon. Listen to our friends, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. We'll do podcasts every Monday. Go to Facebook.com slash the WPAN or www.thewpan.com. Slash HTML. Uh, I was just going to make a joke, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, check out our, our our friend Justin Michaels on his new show Yesterday in the Waltz on Tough TV now in prime time. Subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast to hear our other shows. NXT Revisited when that comes back. The Rundown Sit Down, like I said, make sure to listen to the Big Bacon on that one. WrestleMania Salvation should be back, I think, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glow Stick should be back whenever my work life kind of settles down and I can actually watch at work again. And check out the Nitro Mania <laughs> Podcast every week. <laughs> I hope your bosses aren't listening to this. Ah, they don't. They don't know I exist. Okay. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Jason. Thanks, Troy. Thanks to Ray Williams for the logo. Although we need a new one because it's outdated now. Definitely, we are looking for a new logo. If you have a logo suggestion, please email the show or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, because then you can have your name bred right here in this spot. Ray, if you want to to give us a brand new logo for 2018, you are welcome to do that as well. And thanks for Jason for our amazing theme song. Welcome. Next week, we bring you uh, the first episode of the Mixed Match Challenge. Yeah. Well, we'll be doing that and, the, and all the info from the latest set of Impact taping. That's right. That's right. Especially considering that we have a brand new champion over there. And we have uh, two less sides to the ring. So make yes, sure. Back to the four-sided <laughs> ring for this event. Yep. Yep. Hopefully the stickers didn't fall off the title belts while he was winning it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, make sure make sure to stay subscribed here for all of the amazing rundown shows. Uh, with potentially, once I you know figure things out, potentially a new special coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. Well, maybe we can make it a patron only episode. Oh, hey, there you go. Yeah. We hey, can do that too. Any special episodes need to go to the patrons. It seems like that way. Yep, it seems that way. But I've got an idea for something. Uh, but with that... Oh, is that that fully you? nude episode you were talking about doing? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's actually going to want to pay money for that, though. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, but thank money? you again. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Thank you again for listening. And we'll see you next week. No, no, no. We'll see you next Thursday. Hey. Bye-bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned by Adam Salzer and is produced and edited by Jason Stewart. This episode was hosted by Troy Bozen and Jason Stewart. We are a proud member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all of our shows, including the other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast and the New Blood Rising Podcast, horror podcasts, the Slasher Sanitarium and the Shadowvane Podcast, as well as the rest of our shows, Taco Tuesday, Words of Geekdom, Pwn Stars, the Reanimator Podcast, and Nerd CTLR, all at questandnetwork.com. And tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Podcast.